So, Paul, what what shaped table would you have in your secret society of knights? I'd have one stool, <laughs> and everyone just constantly fighting over it. <laughs> that way, and whoever gets the stool is the King Arthur of that king. day. That's actually quite yeah. egalitarian. You're now King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> for today. Until, you know, you have to go use the men's room. I just left for five minutes. Uh, sorry, mate. I'm King Arthur now. And then the next day, it's like, well, we can fight for it now. Yeah, but John died on that stool. He shat himself and pissed himself. <laughs> and he ate on that stool until he died. And now I don't want it. <laughs> what was that, mate? Oh, I couldn't hear you. I was too busy becoming King Arthur. <laughs> and that's how communism was born. <laughs> <laughs> when someone shat in the last throne... Nobody wanted to take it. Suddenly power remained with the people. Hey, what would be your um your table? My table would be everyone facing out. So it's circular, but everyone sits on the inside facing outwards <laughs> so that no one can see anyone else. It's really inconvenient. Nothing gets done. Doctor Strange level would have been improved massively. <laughs> you take that back. Who? <laughs> you What? And then it just just cuts to Peter Seller Peter Sellers riding a nuclear bomb. Which is how that movie ended. <laughs> I've seen it. Honest. <laughs> seen it at least once. based on real archaeological evidence. I'm Paul Goodman. Let me tell you about a gal I had. <laughs> Galahad. Oh. Galahad. Oh, good. Paul's That's why you chose this, isn't it? <laughs> I came up with that gag. Let me think. Alexander? Alex Armter? Um, hmm. Alexander? No, no. Kingdom of Her- Herven. Today, Paul Salt is back in the dock where he belongs. And he seems to have taken my Adam Sandlathon very personally to the centre of his several hearts. Because today, we will be going over King Arthur, the director's cut, the longest possible version he could have suggested. <laughs> Not the longest film I could have suggested, though, Paul. Small mercies. Oh, no, no, no. My father told me great tales of you. Fairy tales. People so... So brave, so selfless that they cannot be real. Arthur and his knights. My duty is to my men. Directed by Antoine Fuqua, responsible for other stupid films like Training Day and The Magnificent Seven, Bullshit. the film also stars everyone, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, written by David Franzoni, whose writing credits include Gladiator, which was also written by John Logan, who wrote Hugo, Skyfall, Penny Dreadful and The Aviator, but not this film. <laughs> Critics welcomed the film like a noble knight ordered on one last job before retirement. Mark Stain at The Spectator said, Clive Owen is a very dour plonker of an Arthur and has zero chemistry with Kira Knightley. So the 70s had horsey ex-model pool and the noughties have dower plonker. And I think I know where I'd rather <laughs> and be. Guy Ritchie watched that and thought, dower plonker, we'll see about fucking that, mate. <laughs> I think that was a fucking blokey kind of King Arthur. Give me five minutes. Got bloke no hummin' for you. Hunnam, hunnam, hunnam. <laughs> gotta come and come and come him. <laughs> he's gonna come him. Watch out, he's gonna come him. Ah! Oh, it's Charlie. I know who it is, mate. You just said. <laughs> I heard the rap. Wendy Eyed at the oh, Times brilliant. UK. Love her. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, she said the film attaches itself to the Arthurian legend like some parasitic worm. Like some parasitic worm, Paul. <laughs> Bullshit. One that we know is out there but has refused to reveal itself until now, 2004. She's a total hack. Hate that chick. Yeah. Don't know what she's have. on about. Always have. Well, speaking about always have, Peter Travers of the Rolling Fuck Stone, yeah. get ready for this, says, Gladiator Light. <laughs> Fantastic stuff as ever from Peter Travers of the Rolling Stone. <laughs> he said that and then he rolled back into his stupor. <laughs> he went to sleep in an adult shoe, which is... <laughs> they climbed into. Oh, Peter like... Travers is adorable. He's got a, wh- he's got a little waistcoat <laughs> and he sets, he sets out to sail in his little pond in, um, in an upturned Coke can that he paddles. <laughs> he's got a... Um, He's got a... Oh, what the fuck's it called? Bollocks. Finger. He's got a thing for a nightcap. It's meant to be adorable. Fuck Peter Travers. <laughs> like, fuck, it was meant to be fucking adorable. I can't fucking do this. <laughs> Go to sleep, kids. Fuck you. <laughs> we want to know about Peter Travers, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> the legends of Peter Travers. <laughs> do, 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 it's not as good do, as the borrowers. Do. The borrowers light, says granddad. Once upon a time in a little cottage, there lived a film critic. Do, 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 do. That's not Bagpuss. Something, though. Uh, Oliver Postgate would be turning in his grave. As he will be when Bagpuss 2.0 gets released next summer. By director Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> Bagpuss is back, everyone. <laughs> and he's a tasty geezer. <laughs> 
fuck me. <laughs> He's like, Del Boy meets Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> that's, that's what geezer means, everyone. <laughs> Probably is, actually. The public reacted like a band of noble knights about to begin their last job before retirement, some of whom were excited to be done, some of whom were a bit sad, but none of whom knew that they would actually be asked to do one more final job before retirement, rendering their emotions and opinions worthless. Classic, classic Rome. Jay Moody, 1977, after painstakingly describing the historical inaccuracies of this movie, including the Saxons invading from the north and uh, mistaking the thing near the sea as Stonehenge, summarises on IMDb that King Arthur is a poo film, even without the stupidity. It's bad. Even without the stupidity. It was the stupidity that really made it for me. T-Jax. T-Jax. He's a character from Mortal nice. Kombat, I think. T-Jax. Tekken and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I love the differences between the announcers in those two franchises. Mortal Kombat. T-Jax. Raiden. And then Tekken. Get ready for the next battle. <laughs> okay, everyone. <laughs> this is okay. This is going to be great. It's Ben Elton. <laughs> Lesser known role. The Soul Calibur guy introduces... Twixt two worlds meets two announcers from different video games. The fire burns in their hearts. It's Mortal Kombat guy. Mortal Kombat guy. And Tekken guy. Tekken guy! (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're going down, Mortal Kombat guy. (laughs) I really regret doing the seventh Soul Calibur. (laughs) Your bones will burn. Fatality. T-Jax, also on IMDb, <laughs> said, My high hopes for the movie, King Arthur, were dashed before the film even opened in theatres by critics who were panning the movie from advanced screenings. So, lots of comments here, I stayed away while it was in theatres and most definitely passed on special discounts on the week it was released to DVD. After finally getting around to renting a copy, I'm left with just one burning question. Why in the hell do I listen to movie critics? Ah. The movie King Arthur has it all. A tight, well-written story, yep. believable characters, yep. gritty realism, yep. a great musical score by Hans Zimmer, yep. epic battles, uh-huh. and more blood and splatter than you probably really wanted to see. Yeah. The bottom line is that King Arthur is a very good film. No, it's not the mythical Camelot, but it doesn't try to be. Nor does it trample <laughs> all over the name of King Arthur by making him a shallow or less than heroic character. This is not Braveheart or Gladiator, space comma, but it is a film worth seeing and appreciating. Now that I think about it, it's worth buying a copy to add to the home video library. <laughs> what the hell do any of us listen to movie critics, Paul? There's absolutely no reason. They're constant cheating us out of special discounts. Yeah, there's no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Special discount the week it was released. That's pretty burning, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to release your film on discount. What? I didn't think that <laughs> happened. It does sometimes with films like yours. <laughs> oh. I'm glad that they weren't trying to do magical Camelot style King Arthur. It would be very disappointing <laughs> if they had tried for that and gotten at this. <laughs> I mean, Merlin's in it, but I didn't think much of his magical spells. It seemed to be limited to good beard management, which, to be fair... To be fair. I mean, in the wilds, no mean feat. You all right, mate? Yes, I am. Give me five seconds. It has 6.3 on IMDb, and it has 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Paul, you bastard number three. What made you want to mark my face? Because the next time you'll see it, it will be the last thing you see on this earth. Yes, there's a bit of an awkward repetition of see in that. You've seen my face, and next time you see my face, it'll be the last see that you see face on this earth's face. See? See? I don't know what you're talking about. I can do a pretty good Stellan Skarsgård in this. I've got some sort of accent. Just be tired. I'm not really sure what. (laughs) <laughs> You're just sleepy. <laughs> I ran here from Dogville. I've been planning to do one of these films probably since we started the podcast. Um, mm. Here's a story. When I was 16, my mother came down the stairs. We hadn't seen her in years. She came down and she said, they reviewed that film you like in the newspaper. And it was on the computer. So it was a bit of a novelty back then. And we all went up. Well, I went mm, up. Crowded around. Came. <laughs> we crowded around for warmth. We ate the sausage roll we had. And uh, we read we read the review. Mother. You each had a lick. <laughs> One lick each, and then we put it back in the fridge for next week. Um, <laughs> the film was Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven. And I remember two things in this review. Firstly, it argued that the film tried so hard to not portray either the Islamic or the Christian side badly that it robbed it of any sense of drama, which I remember disagreeing with even at the time. <laughs> even as an idiot 16-year-old. Secondly... I remember it describing a phenomenon in which Hollywood directors were competing to see who could put the largest army on screen. Mm. And that described a decade-long period of Hollywood epics that revived the sumptuous costume dramas of the 1950s and 60s, like Cleopatra and such, Mm -hmm. but added, thanks to Mel Gibson, visceral, grandiose battle sequences. 
Yeah. Just imagine what it would have been like if Richard Burton had properly headbutted a guy to death in one of the scenes of Cleopatra. Wouldn't it have been better? Yes. I think so. Braveheart. <laughs> it started with Braveheart and it concluded with um, Alexander. Yeah. So there's a 10 year yes, period there. And I just have an enormous love for the nine or so films that were made in that period. It was around my teenage years. And yeah, it just really played into that adolescent fondness for swords and castles and great big battles and the like. I I like that (laughs) framing it as nine films makes me think that it came out of, Mm. of, of the same manifesto. Like Lars von Trier came up with it in a basement. We should have the biggest possible battle on screen. I say nine. I mean, you could count Master and Commander in this and maybe even the Lord of the Rings film. So at least the second and third mm. one, I think. They kind of work as in the same thing. But um, anyway, I, I really wanted to defend the entire movement here. And yeah. for a while, we, there were different things we were thinking of doing. Um, we were going to watch Kingdom of Heaven, mm-hmm. uh, the incredibly long version of it. But then that's actually quite well respected, the longer version. At one point, I think I pitched the idea of us watching all four versions of Alexander. Yeah, you fucking lunatic. Yeah, none of which are under three hours. One of them is nearly four. It Was that was that before we had lives? <laughs> it was before we were alive. We found a lot of things we were to both do undead. To be fair, it was when we were living together and all we did was just stare at the paint can for six hours yeah. a day after work. Uh, that's a good paint can, but... Yeah. It's gonna go eventually. After five hours, just... I'm going to call it a night, mate. Oh, yeah? <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I nearly went for Luke Besson's The Messenger, the Joan of Arc mm. story, um, which we may well come back to someday because I'm sure I remember it being good. I hope we will. I'm sure I remember being like, Mila Jovovich is good in this one. <laughs> this and The Fifth Element prove, prove that Mila Jovovich is good. I'm sure of it. And Dustin Hoffman's in it, Vincent Cassell. Everyone who was ever at any point in their life French is in that movie. So we've got to go back to that. We will. We will. But I decided to go for something a bit lighter, possibly because of the horror of Holmes and Watson last week. So yeah, here we are with King Arthur, uh, which still has all the stuff I love about this movement, and less. (laughs) A lovely light romp (laughs) through Arthurian legend. (laughs) This is not it. (laughs) Thanks, Clive Owen. Starring Clive Owen, I forgot to say. Um, Oh yeah. As as King Arthur himself. (laughs) Convincingly King Arthur. Well, Paul, that sounds exactly like the... The Lesser of Three Weevils as a Master and Commander reference there. Oh, I love that one. God, I love that film. I laughed at that. I was a teenager and I found that hilarious. Um, I just love the fact that Maximus Decimus Meridius made such a lame joke. It really made me smile because if I remember correctly, he properly loses it with laughter after he says it. Yeah. Like, he is apoplectic with laughter. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if... When he was doing his little approach in his iconic scene in Gladiator, I am Maximus Decimus Meridius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. Lesser of two weevils. (laughs) 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 And Ridley Scott was just like, for fuck's sake. (laughs) One day the director will keep it in. Speaking of the characters, is it worth establishing who is playing these wonderful characters? Well, the characters are King Clive. King Clive. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, Will Graham. Will Graham, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four, Ray the Sandwich Winston, Hippie Joel Edgerton. Not quite Thor. And Dag. Dag. Dag and they will be my personal guard and royal ass kisser. Won't you, Dag? We love him more than anything. I love Dag. With with that in mind, with our Dag love agreed on and cemented, why not begin with the plot of King Arthur? Yes. It starts with text, then voiceover, Mm. which is very good. Just in case the text, one wasn't enough. The text declaring that... Uh, historians are idiots. Historians are idiots. And now that r- some, some proper archaeological evidence has been found... By Tony Robinson. We, we can tell a story. <laughs> Is it that story? Maybe. With Antoine Foucault. <laughs> we can tell a story. It'll be kind of like Gladiator. Yeah. That's an unrelated headline. <laughs> it's young boy Lancelot, basically. The Roman Empire yes. likes to take soldiers from hold a different bunches of places and then stuff them up England. And yeah, they take Lancelot away from his home and he gets given a little bracelet for by his little girlfriend, I assume it is. Sure. And as he's riding away, the dad character is like, Lancelot! What? And then everyone goes, What? I really don't know what your... Is that, is that my name? Is that... I hope that doesn't come up several more times in this film. Look, Lancelot. <laughs> the bloody... Everyone in this tiny village is doing it. This, Look, there are several camera angles. In this Eastern European this. village in the Baltic Sea. <laughs> That's right, we're all Sarmatians. Sarmatians, keep up. Sarmatians, no Sarmatians. It's very confusing. 
Oh, I know. I don't know. I'm just from Spaced and Game of Thrones, I think. <laughs> Speaking of definitely not Scotland, though, I'm sure all of the Scottish viewers were absolutely delighted when the film refers to England as the southern half of Great Britain. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly down the middle. <laughs> Scotland's got top half. Tony Robinson smashed it all with his latest find. <laughs> Turns out Scotland actually starts much further south than we previously thought. Round about Brighton. <laughs> Which explains why the Saxons invaded from the north. They had to. There's only north in, in England. <laughs> they didn't invade Plymouth, so it was the north. Um, yeah, and then, and then we do we have we have Child Arthur yes, as well, and he's, he's doing something. He's made a little pottery face thing for his mum, and he shows it to his mum, and she's like, oh, that's nice, dear. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I should show it to de- uh, mum. Oh, sorry, dear. I got bored. I'm over here now. <laughs> mum just fucks off. Are you going to die tragically later in my backstory? Yeah, probably. Okay, good. Mind you. Don't be late for that. <laughs> See how Disney feels about it. <laughs> and then fi- finally, we're in the, the modern olden days. Yes. The camera majestically swoops towards the Arthurian knights and then accidentally swoops right past them and has to come back again later. <laughs> that was one of the cameras that Antoine Fuqua attached to a horse for one of the later <laughs> battle scenes. <laughs> They, they put it in a plane. <laughs> they shot it out of a catapult. <laughs> Why did we put it on a horse first? Trading day. Shut up. <laughs> um, Denzel Washington is just next, standing next to him with his arms crossed and nodding, satisfied. <laughs> My plan came together. <laughs> yeah, and his car is next to him, also nodding because of that weird pneumatic thing that the knights had. <laughs> They're all there, um, the, the merry men. They're watching from a distance as the Wodes, who um, are the Picts. The Picts. Picts? That sounds dumb. I don't want to call them picks for a whole movie. Wode sounds cool, says the, the production <laughs> team. Let's, let's go with Wode. Okay. They're attacking a, a Roman escort. They're escorting the Bishop Consbenini. I forget his name. They're escorting him and the Wodes launch an attack where they attempt to kill the Bishop and slay the Romans escorting yeah. him. Arthur's having none of that. Arthur's assemble. <laughs> yeah, the cut rate hands him a um, piece plays and um, <laughs> they all take out the Picts. Uh, sorry, sorry, not the Picts, that's dumb. The Wodes. They take them out using oh, okay, their yeah. um, special unique fighting styles. Yes. Mads Mikkelsen is a samurai. Yeah. King Arthur has a big sword. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fantastic has two swords. Yeah. Will Graham. I don't know what Will Graham does. I can't remember. Nothing. Ray the Sandwich Winston has two, like, knives that he brought from home. Then a sort of yelling thing in his own tongue. (laughs) Hippie Joel Edgerton has an axe, I think, and a bow. Mm -hmm. And Dag has Dag. Dag has Dag. He headbutts people apart. (laughs) He dags you in half. And this is great, and they obliterate the Pictwodes. Uh, except for one guy. An Oxamore Excalibur. I actually fucking have seen this film enough that I think that's pretty close to what he says. I'm willing to go with that. Fuck it. Oxcalibur Noctamore. Um, yeah, he's, he spares a life of a woad. And uh, Merlin, off in the distance, played by Stannis Baratheon. Goes, oh, is it? Ah, nice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Stephen Delane. Oh, yeah. lovely. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's good because he's not doing unspeakable things in this. <laughs> So you didn't recognise him. <laughs> I didn't recognise him with a look of... Stephen Delane. Without the look of utter contempt on his face. The knights and some of the Romans get to Hadrian's Wall, where there's like a castle that they stay in. Yeah. Why yeah. not? We're castle going Black. to... Let's go to Hadrian's Wall, they say. <laughs> the knights, this was meant to be the big dinner where the knights are going to be freed by Rome because yeah. they want to go home, back to Sarmatia, because it's probably nice. Probably nicer there, yeah. Oh, the, the bishop isn't dead, by the way. It was a decoy. The bishop was dressed up as a Roman oh, riding on an horse. Fantastic. He's wonderful, this guy. He's a very expressive <laughs> face to color of a man. Oh, he's a right sort. He comes in yeah. and he sees... He, he wants to sit at the head of the table so that he's in charge. He gets in mm. and he's like... A round table. What sort of evil is this? A round table? <laughs> his advisor is, is like stuck up English dick you know, so that the bishop gets to be cool and sneaky and the bishop's like no nah, I'm cool I'm down with this the catholic church is up to date yeah. we're down we're cool cool dog he fist bumps everyone and then check um, this out and he does a he does a break dance <laughs> it's very good actually he's been practicing that they have a three minute conversation and uh, 
Yeah. No one really respects the bishop. They're all quite rude, really, considering how powerful he's meant to be. Yeah. One of them's like picking his nose and sticking the boogers on the back of his robes. Oh, no. Lancelot keeps making fart noises whenever the bishop moves. Another one's trying to set fire to his shoes. Will Graham's just smiling. He's happy to be there. Another guy is like making a loud fart noise every time he <laughs> says anything. Everyone's doing different fart noises and Will Graham's just <laughs> laughing. He's in hysterics. <laughs> just balls a man up and throws him out <laughs> yes. a window. Will Graham's just like, nice one, everyone. I love being here. I can't believe it. He's never seen anything like this. The bishop and King Arthur have a bit of a, a private chat. And it turns out that as prophesied by uh, my amazing jokes at the beginning beginning of this episode, that the bishop wants Arthur and his merry men of thieves to go and do one final mission. To go rescue a bishop's son. A bishop's son. A bishop's son. <laughs> Exactly. John Bishopson. John Bishop. <laughs> John Bishop. They're going to go rescue John Bishop, who has prophesied to bring light <laughs> entertainment to the world. I'm a, I'm a Ro- Roman. I can't even fucking do it. I'm Roman, apparently. That was pretty good. Oh. It was getting good. Ech. <laughs> I was just going back to the Harry Enfield school of scouts. Ech. <laughs> hey. You know the... Oh, fuck the one. King Arthur comes out and he meets all of his merry, merry band of bastards. And yep. they're like, nice one. So the bishop's given us permission to go, right? Right? That's why you're looking so sad, <laughs> right? Because you're sad about leaving us, right? Yeah? <laughs> you're sad about how free we all are. <laughs> oh, I know. It's been, a, it's been a long and crazy journey here, King Arthur. But you know, I'm not king yet. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but I reckon that once you give us those papers that you've definitely got in your hand, probably, we're all going to be mates after all. <laughs> you can come back to Samarshia with us. You can, they're all Scottish there. It's very confusing by the Black Sea. Spamarshia. Spamarshia. Yeah. Sparta. <laughs> whatever. We've got to travel the world, whatever, mate. Whatever. It's all going to be okay. We've all got to go do one last mission and we're all definitely going to die. Oh. Uh, well, I'm pretty angry about this, but all right. Because it's you, All right. King. Because, well, look, seeing as it's only the beginning of the film, but if you pull this shit again near the end, you're going to be livid, mate. That's just shit storytelling, mate. He goes aside, Clive Owen, and says, Dear Lord, if someone's got to have a dramatic death scene, please let it be me. I really feel like with my range, I could pull it off. <laughs> my death will have a purpose. I ask no more than that. Why do you always talk to God and not to me? My faith is what protects me, Lancelot. Why do you challenge this? I don't like anything that puts a man on his knees. Galahad comes in and says, Why are you always trying to hog the limelight? I'm, <laughs> this is my voice. <laughs> he says, um, Is that Lancelot or Galahad? <laughs> it's Lancelot. We're all definitely going to die on this mission, you know, Eddie. And King Arthur <laughs> says, How many times have we snatched victory from the jaws of defeat? And we've been outflanked, outnumbered, and still we've triumphed. Seven. Exactly. <laughs> So, <laughs> so come on, Lancelot. Put your shit together and follow One me. One more time for me, your <laughs> enigmatic, illustrious leader, Clive. <laughs> King Arthur. Clive Arthur. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I suppose I shall come with you then. <laughs> what do you think, um, everyone else here? <laughs> Moon. Ooh. No. Grody. <laughs> I'm Will Graham. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Would anyone like an apple? <laughs> Fucking Will Graham. He's so upbeat. Oh, Before nothing. he met Mads Mickelson. <laughs> yeah. well, Mads Mickelson's here. <laughs> Christ oh is the God. beginning. So pure pre-Mads. <laughs> you can see him creeping up on Will Graham in several shots. <laughs> can you, why do you keep calling me Will? My name's Hugh. You'll see. You'll, You'll see. see, says Mads. <laughs> I hate you, Mads Mickelson. You're the worst. You're the worst, most beautiful man in the world. <laughs> you know nothing yet. He is the most beautiful man. He's so strange. Well, speaking of beautiful men, we do at this stage, I think, get a quick cut of um, the Saxons, who are indeed invading from the north. They're, they invade the north, and they've got a traitor of some sorts. I never quite figure out who yeah. this traitor is or see him when he's not traitoring. No, but he is a traitor. He is a traitor. He's a proper traitor. Traitor! And, um, yeah, the young guy, Till Schreiger, Hugo Stieglitz himself, it says to him, um, tell my father, guy from Thor. What's it? Fuck. It's Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Not Sarsgård. Scars, guys. Tell my dad, nymphomaniac, what you told me. Speak up! I haven't started yet. <laughs> well, go on then. Start and speak up. I anticipated <laughs> you'd be quiet. Yeah, they tell him about a Roman estate with the Pope's favourite godson in it, and so they're going to go kidnap him because his ransom would pay for the whole campaign. I'm Hugo Stieglitz. <laughs> this hadn't been an issue until now. We didn't really. <laughs> Have much in the way of funds anyway. We were just getting quite getting by well enough on raping and pillaging. <laughs> cash yeah, flow. it's hard to imagine. The sort yeah. of look, the campaign treasury is really running low. We did way more raping than we we'd planned to. <laughs> I know last year we had a deficit, but this year <laughs> we've really gone overboard, Dad. You've cut. Well, I I look. I cut from the army. I, look, that's not the same thing. You know, it's not the same as actually having money to launch an all-out war against the Brits. But you know all this land that we keep stealing. Maybe we should try and, like, use it to grow stuff. That's not the way my fathers did it. 
Lars von Trier. King, King Arthur and Co. <laughs> King Arthur and friends. Off to the north they go. Yes. And uh, they all head off to Rebus's house. They, oh, they have a bit of an encounter with um, some woads before that, but it doesn't really amount to anything. So they get to Rebus's house. Yeah. Yes, and it turns out Rebus, he's been a right dick. He's been um, hoarding all of the local resources and not sharing it with the peasants that are under him because it's the Roman oh, way. No. Some bloke mentions... Most of the food we grow is sent out by sea to be sold. He asks that we keep a little more for ourselves, that's all. My arse has been snapping at the grass, I'm so hungry. Best line in the film. What the fuck does that mean? I remember that from being a kid and being like, what? It's, it's a, He's it's, so um, hungry. That his ass is trying to eat for him. Yeah, that feels like just something that is said in the north. I didn't blink at that at all. It's like, yeah, that's it. That's the north for you. That went in like a. That went in like a clean shit. Oh, Jesus, Paul, <laughs> you're doing it wrong, mate. Well, enough of that because Ned Dennehy's here as well, uh, which is the most interesting thing that I've learned all week. Which ones? Um, which ones? Ned Dennehy. Ned Dennehy was playing playing the role of Mental Monk, who was the guy who was. Oh, I did recognise him. Yeah, Who he's the he? one from Tyrannosaur and Mandy and other films. Oh, is he the one with the vicious dog in Tyrannosaur? I can imagine him like in a string vest looking upset. He's the guy in Tyrannosaur who goes, I've got a lovely bet on, 20 pounds or something like that. And he oh, looks kind of right. sad. Oh, right. Yeah. Your favourite sad man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list. He's currently top. <laughs> I'm on there. <laughs> Not the top five, though. That's a compliment, mate. <laughs> So I did also make the note, what's this West Country man doing in Scotland? <laughs> Don't you know, Paul, that um, once the Gauls were pushed to Wales, <laughs> some of them also found their way to Scotland um, and their accents were modified on the way. Yeah. I mean, actually, you've got Ken fucking Stott there. Rebus, he's there. He's the Romans. So maybe yeah. the Romans are the ones who taught all of the, um, the West Countryers who got pushed up to Scotland how to speak Scottish. It makes sense if you think about it. The Romans it. did do an awful lot. I do promise to think about that later. <laughs> okay, for, for now. put it on your list. Whilst arguing with stupid idiot Rebus about not leaving his home, even though yeah. there are loads, bloody loads of uh, <laughs> whatever they are, Saxons coming down to smash them up. Yeah. Um, King Arthur frees the, the town, like the wise man of the town, and he also sees some of uh, Rebus's blokes just walling up a thing. Oh, so yeah. Says, Don't, you can't wall up things in my presence. I'm King Arthur. <laughs> Dewall that. I'm King Arthur, and when I see a wall, I kick it down, not brick it down. <laughs> yeah, he's like, dag, and, um, dag, cut down all of those uh, things with your big axe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, there's a door behind the thing I just cut down. Okay, who's got the key? Uh, we're not giving you the key. All right, dag, continue to do the thing that you were just doing and just <laughs> kick down the next bit. K- keep kicking down bits until you're in, dag. <laughs> It's all you're good for. We need to do it long enough so we can set up a genuinely beautiful shot. <laughs> and that happens. And then um, then they're inside. Yeah. And then Ned Dennehy's there. And um, <laughs> he's like, I'm a man of the Lord, apparently. Because I've got all of these pagans in here and I'm, I've, I'm just going to kill them by starving them to I've death. I've got a bet on. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's... Well, they managed to retrieve a boy who Dag then bonds with and a Kira Knightley, Aww. who everyone bonds with. So whom, whom Lancelot bonds with and Clive Owen goes, I think... That I'm head over heels for you. <laughs> God, if one of us is to have a sex scene with Kira Knightley, let it not be Galahad or Lancelot, whichever one. Let it not be the fancy one. <laughs> I can't remember. The- but me. Oh, you think that I'm not going to sleep with Kira Knightley? Well, you've got another thing coming to you. God, you're weird, Mr. Fantastic. Go away, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Go back to your Tim Story movie. They all head off. They they wall up that fucking Dennehy guy. And I think they kill Rebus? <laughs> no, they take Rebus with them and then they kill him later. Oh, yeah, okay. Clive Owen does his, uh, one of his fancy moves. The good old-fashioned, I'm reaching towards you as if I was going to molest you, but I'm actually pulling something over your shoulder move. Love it. <laughs> Simpler times back then, mate. <laughs> oh, you weren't going to molest me. Oh, I feel closer to you. But I appreciate you setting it up as though you might have. <laughs> I appreciate you not explaining what you were doing as you were doing it. Oh, hang on, you just got a bit of... There we go, got it. <laughs> yeah, how about me? You're welcome. I'm just going to give you a fruit. <laughs> Sword drawn. <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd cut it up for Why you. Why did you advance on me, you fucking prick? <laughs> but they bond a little bit. Kira Knightley knows about freedom, I think. Yeah, cool. Apparently, if there's one thing you associate with freezing cold Scotland, it's the freedom. <laughs> I saw the Mel Gibson movie. Exactly. There is a bit where there is rain and snow at the same time yep. and they comment on it. And I make the note, oh, they did actually visit Scotland then. <laughs> uh, Nell pointed out at the time of watching that it was a clear blue sky as well. So, um, <laughs> Scotland. I mean, that could genuinely happen in Scotland. 
I'm just all the way. Where's it coming all from? At once. It's coming from our moods, from our dull countenances. <laughs> Ock. Um, just the smell emanates from people's faces and accents. <laughs> How you doing, Angus? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back later. Um, <laughs> oh, we get there's there's a nighttime shot of Kira Knightley bathing, and it's pure fucking Brockheimer. It's easily could have been a shot out of Pearl Harbor. Eh, I intended for Michael Bay to direct this. True story. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's that. Lancelot is um, he's the one that's caught spine on a bathing all up in a, with the nips out. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> not to us though, PG thirteen. And um, <laughs> they have a they have a conversation later where Kira Knightley tells the tells him about her people or something, and that's basically like, yeah. I, I'm I'm okay with you having seen my jugs, and. <laughs> And and he yeah. and he's like he's like <laughs> great this is wonderful um let's have a real good character sharing moment and they they do and then she goes yeah. and sleeps with Clive Owen oh yeah for all the chemistry <laughs> that they've been working on I mean you know Clive Owen she also gives a very Brexity speech about controlling her own destiny and then shoots Rebus so which is very <laughs> is much great. a metaphor for Scotland's interaction during the whole pro- uh, <laughs> Brexit process. <laughs> Oh, God. The Saxons attack, and it's like, well, let's find a nearby open field to meet them on then. So they find a big snowy ice, ice lake. Ice river. To fight. Ice lake, yeah. yeah. The Saxons approach, and um, they get their bows out, and Kira Knightley's like, they're very far out of range. And uh, Clive Owens just says, bitch, please. <laughs> Who the fuck let this chick out? Oh, Kira Knightley fights, by the way. I know we oh, mentioned yeah. she shot Rebus, but she's also like, she's a fighty person. She's a warrior chick. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. They, She's, it's all we, empowering her going around in that bikini, that armor bikini of hers. <laughs> Body paint, though, nothing, nothing Ooh. screams <laughs> independent woman. <laughs> That's a tip they don't give you in Cosmo. Is try showing up for your next board <laughs> meeting in full body paint. <laughs> I mean, it's a power play. That's for sure. <laughs> So who do you think we should put in charge of the project? <laughs> Throw an axe I, at, I, the, at the whiteboard. <laughs> I enjoy the way she embedded that oversized knife into the board table. <laughs> and it stayed there as well. <laughs> it's just the board table now. <laughs> this is just an ordinary knife, everybody. Ordinary board table. Check it to make sure there are no divots already existing in the table. Nothing there, nothing there, nothing there. Wonderful, wonderful. Bam! <laughs> Leader. Project Pagans. Project manager. You did it. <laughs> you know what? You got there three months before your mother did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Weird detail to mention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We, 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 I mean, we can discuss pregnancy later, but um, for now, that's not a problem. So. <laughs> they shoot at the Saxons, and none of them think to use the big round wooden things they have to maybe try and block the arrows that are hitting them. No, but it's very good, very good tactics, very good, very tactic. Yeah. And they, they shoot at the sides of them, which cause the Saxons to huddle together for some yep. reason. Keep shooting at the sides of them, because they'll huddle, to, huddle together <laughs> for protection. <laughs> but not using those and, big wood um, things. Why do we have these? Oh, for sledding. Or not, or, or not zigzagging, or anything you know oh fuck they pull a right rick on <laughs> they do they fuck they fuck a rick on right into this tactic and <laughs> well in the end arthur's knights get sick of this so they throw a till schreiger at them and that's uh no that's not no, till schreiger no, they throw, ray stevenson it? it's um it's dag yeah they throw a dag at them yeah and dag breaks the ice yeah <laughs> oh that's it till schreiger pulls some excellent faces during this he, 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 he does yeah then they retreat dower to angry <laughs> but he ma- he maintains the dower he's dourly angry it's it's beautiful yeah, Dag and Dag's Dag is dying now because he gets balls oh, no. up. Yeah, he does. Poor Dag. Oh, poor Dag! That little boy he bonded with. And and Ray Winston, who is his best friend apparently. And that little Ray Winston he bonded with. <laughs> Ray Winston is beside himself now. He's he's finally allowed to do some emotions, and um, he does. Yeah, by he God. shoves his hands into his shorts and he runs back off to the caravan. <laughs> he goes and puts a bet on, and um, <laughs> if. <laughs> Cheers him up a bit. Three to one on getting over this serious <laughs> bereavement by the end of the film. <laughs> Put a bet on it. Shouldn't have been such good odds. Um, yeah, because the next foreshadowing scene is pretty much fine. They all get back to Castle Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, the Roman guy really doesn't manage to read the room correctly. And it's hey, just like, hey, you're all free now. <laughs> Welcome Isn't that back. Great? I've got six freedom papers. Oh, I could have sworn I needed six. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Was one? But Okay, no, 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 wait. One of you was behind the other. One, yeah. two, three, four, five. I, I don't understand. Six huh. heroes, six best friends <laughs> went out on this, this trip. Six legendary warriors. Ah, uh, inseparable. <laughs> what happened? One, two, three. No, look. 
Okay, <laughs> you've done this many times. Surely, even a bishop would know that you're you're rubbing salt in the wounds. <laughs> One. <laughs> I don't so, understand. Oh, I know the boring guy. He's not here. Where is that lame <laughs> asshole? Oh well, that's that's him for the movie. Bye. <laughs> the fuck and, me, um, that's him for the movie. Back at the Roma Goa. <laughs> Goes off on his fucking Vespa. He goes to appear and eat pray love to objectify a lady. I know what. If I had to sum up Britain in one word, it would be nightly. So yeah, they have a they they have a little funeral for Dag. Poor Dag. They say, okay, we're we're going off now, King Arthur. You uh you stay here. He's like, okay. Well, I'm gonna stay and fight for the Britons, who I've decided I quite like. I'm gonna defeat the Saxons because they're obviously the bad guys, and they killed your best mate, Dag. Yeah, well, we're probably we're probably gonna come back. We've just got to go over there. It's like an encore, okay? You've got to do the thing. You got to yeah. gotta follow the rules of this stuff, okay? Jory Brockheimer's right over there. He scares me more than the Saxons do. They ride off a bit, just a little bit. Yeah. And then Arthur goes to the top of a hill to have a bit of a pose, uh, for the benefit of everyone, because everyone seems to see it. It's a very tall hill he goes to. <laughs> everyone in England <laughs> and Scotland sees this hill. He's still posing. By the time. Um, the knights have ridden away, had a change of heart, dressed in armor, and then come back to join him. And the Saxons have have seen him at this point. <laughs> yeah, Tristan and, and had a chat with him. <laughs> Tristan hilariously and inexplicably kills the traitor from about a country away. Yeah, which you know, legend myth. <laughs> they, it, it's a great payoff. They really built that character up to deserve <laughs> that death. He was very poignant that character. And then through tactics, they defeat. Much of the arm, much of the Saxon army. <laughs> yes, the German army says the uh, the Saxon army says the German phrase they know about four times, yeah. and then they all get killed by Kira Knightley in a bikini. Well, Graham's just really glad to be here. <laughs> he's got someone in a headlock, and he's just oh, he's doing everything he can. And um, <laughs> he's being cheeky. Ev- he's the one having a cheeky battle. Oh, hey, ooh, don't mind me. He's running around <laughs> doing little knees up, and um, you fucking like, prick! I'll stab ass. you in the face. Well, Graham. <laughs> Got the way. I was threatening the Saxon. These guys bum out. <laughs> he's wearing his football shorts. What's he doing? Mads Mikkelsen and says, "Oh, he's perfect. <laughs> one day I shall own him. I will take him apart. One day. <laughs> I will keep pieces of him in my living room. <laughs> First fuck boy, then pieces. <laughs> At this point, Lancelot dies, and it looks like it's up to Knightley to avenge. Oh no, no. Um, dying Lancelot lobs a sword at the guy who killed him at Til Schweiger. <laughs> Oh, it's very Black Knight, isn't it? <laughs> Ow! Mads Mikkelsen dies. Oh, Mads Mikkelsen dies, yeah. He gets killed by... Yeah. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård dies eventually, because Arthur... Oh, yeah, because Arthur comes. Slowly hits him with a sword a few times. Gets him half a pad. Half a panda king. He does a little misdirect at the end where he pretends he's all hurt on the ground. And then yeah. when Stellan Skarsgård goes to chop his face off, he does a quick backstab. Uh, <laughs> like a stab him. backwards, not a stab in the back. Just like stabs him right in the, in the scars gore. <laughs> and what happens is they spend 30 seconds mourning the dead and then they go and have a bloody wedding at not, not Stonehenge on the coast. And yeah. um, everybody chants Arthur, Arthur. And Ray Winston's like, Artorius. And they're like, Arthur, Arthur. And he's like, well, I tried. I did, I did try, It's like they're calling you Arthur. He checks his betting slip and goes, oh, fuck. And that's the end of the film. Well, that was bloody King Arthur's director's cut. That King was Arthur's King very Arthur. own director's cut. That was that's King Arthur's director's cut of King Arthur's King Arthur <laughs> director's cut. Paul, oh, how are you feeling? Yeah, huh? <laughs> so to be honest, my childhood experience—I didn't go see this at the cinema. Okay, got it on DVD one Christmas, and my childhood experience was largely put it on, spend most of it thinking about my own team of adventurers with their own special weapons and different fighting styles <laughs> and the mystical lands they travelled and. Adventures they fought, largely based on an amalgamation of Lord of the Rings, Elder mm-hmm. Scrolls, whatever the fuck else was rattling about in the old pool subconscious. Yeah. And then when a battle scene came on, I'd pay attention. Yeah. So there was an awful lot in here that I hadn't noticed before. Like, I had no idea Dag had a relationship with the kid they rescued. I yeah. missed that completely. Because yeah. I didn't watch the three scenes that happened. <laughs> I love yeah. his opening gambit of coming up to the kid and just be like, you mustn't be afraid of me. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you if you're afraid of me. I'm a confusing man. I love you. <laughs> I'm Dag. So, <laughs> historical accuracy to fuck. I mean, <laughs> it's really weird that they decided to market this as like the real story of King yeah. Arthur. When it's just, it's, it's not. I, I mean, what they meant was there's no wizard in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
we're gonna we want to make gladiator and we want to do it using king arthur characters so we've done that yeah that's what they meant and then they the only way in which they could market that and not have people complain wasn't even a dragon in it was to like say it's based on historical evidence when it's not yeah it's it's funny really because no film has to be historically accurate and it, and thank god no. because it really would severely diminish the number of good historical movies out there but <laughs> prefacing the it, real story of king arthur and then it's just tony robertson <laughs> saying probably didn't exist yeah <laughs> i mean they got the, the there were ca- there were carriages back in the roman times and that's pretty accurate i'll give them that however <laughs> yeah the rest of it that's why i'm here tony robertson in the cinema uh, where you're expecting <laughs> king arthur's director's cut um but yeah, it's prefacing it with the line that basically says this film is based on real new archaeological <laughs> evidence. It raises what expectations somewhat and it does set yeah. a standard. So it's a very weird dichotomy there where you're just you're watching it and going, okay, Saxons from the north. Okay, that's fine. Is that Stonehenge? That's probably not. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's a fantasy. It's just it's thank God Game of Thrones eventually came along because we just needed a low fantasy thing yeah it's what people wanted it's like we, we can't be having all the wizards and stuff and the elves and such but we want mm. some good battles and unfortunately real battles usually sucked most do you know what most historical battles were 500 people are in a castle a thousand people surround the castle a year later either the 500 people give up or some of the 500 people's friends show up and the 1000 leg it yeah that's battles <laughs> That's how battles worked. You you didn't risk. You didn't go through the risk of meeting in a big open field to hack at each other. I remember that my one of my favorite stories about Braveheart. One of, is that Mel Gibson um, met a Scottish bloke, and the Scottish bloke said, "Um, oh, I, I enjoyed your film. Um, the Battle of Stirling Bridge. Well, I was just wondering why you didn't have a bridge in it." And he said, "Well, we found the bridge. Having a bridge actually made it really difficult." And uh, the Scottish bloke said, "Aye, so did the English." <laughs> Fuck yeah. That old man got laid immediately. By Mel Gibson. <laughs> okay. Well. I, <laughs> well, you've done it now. You earned it. You've earned a rooting from the Mel. Um, well, I really like Vikings for that reason, uh, especially oh, yeah. in the early couple of seasons when it's mm. all about the inter-tribal skirmishes from village yeah. to village. And like the battle at the end of season one is like, 10 people just going ah and just <laughs> hacking at each other yeah. with swords and then that's it you're now the king of my village because you know sometimes you get like the battle of Fomopoli mm. or something not Fomopoli that was that Monopoly fucking... <laughs> Monopoly Galgamela that's the fucking word oh battle yeah battle of Galgamela about 10 million people showed up at a big field <laughs> and they all ran at each other and hurt and hit each other as hard as they could it's uh, like last 100, 120 what's this 40,000 people died <laughs> and then Darius ran off and got poisoned like two days later by a concubine. Oh. So that's how battles used to do. Yeah. It's just so historical accuracy is not really a big thing for me in this context. Yeah, but no, exactly. The ca- there's no there's no characterization, which is really mm. there's a little bit of characterization, but there's not much, which is a sin considering how good this cast is. Yeah, I... and they do bring some charm. All the, all the parts are there, right? You've got a really great cast. I would I would say that I don't think yeah. Clive Owen is right for the role of King Arthur. He wasn't great, was he? No, I don't it's... think Daniel Craig would have been right either. To be fair, because and, and I will like to. Was he considered? I will like to just um and at this stage bring in a new segment, especially for this episode called "The Thumb Hole in This Pie Smells Like Jerry Bruckheimer." The thumb hole in this pie smells like Jerry. Bruckheimer. That's right, because uh, Bruckheimer, okay. as producer on this film, uh, he's responsible for some uh-huh. interesting decisions. One of which was casting Clive Owen instead of Daniel Craig because he had a sneaking suspicion right. that Owen was to be the next Bond. Oh, um, well, that's unfortunate. Yes. Um, <laughs> on on top of that, the wedding at the end was an addition following poor test screenings. Um, who felt that the film spent too long, uh, too much time over the deaths of Lancelot and Tristan, oh. uh, played by Grufford and Mickelson, mm. and audiences felt they needed to cement that romance story that had been given so much energy until now. Okay. Uh, which is why you don't get the characters properly grieving the death. Instead, you just go straight to the, the wedding about the two people <laughs> who were supposed to be together. Yeah. And they also shot some extra comedy scenes where Ray Winston calls his kids by numbers. Um, oh, right. So that's that's because of that. Okay. Um, to be fair to Jerry Bruckheimer, he did fight Disney's decision to PG-13-ify the movie. Wow, well, that's um, good. Which was eventually overruled, where you know the FX team had to digitally remove the blood from much of the battle scenes. Oh, but we had the um, blood. If our director's cut, we had. We had yeah. Yes, <laughs> they did manage to fuck some of that back into the director's cut. Although I don't, I don't think it's noticeably bloody. I think they 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 said that they There's didn't get spray. as much of the blood back in as they wanted to. <laughs> 
They said that about so... my dad when they did surgery. <laughs> <laughs> we got most of it back in. He's he could he could blink. We think that's a good sign. So that was uh, the thumb hole in this pie smells like Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> Clive Owen wasn't Fantastic. right for this, and I, f- I feel like yeah. I don't think Kira Knightley was was right for it either. I liked Knightley in this. I have to say. Okay. How many Britons have you killed? As many as tried to kill me. It's a natural state of any man to want to live. Animals live. It's a natural state of any man to want to live free in their own country. I've had mixed feelings about Knightley in general, but I think I just kind of I quite like her mm. in general, and she's you know doing some proper actressy bits now. Yeah. With mixed success, but doing just cheesy stuff like this, I kind of like her presence. There is something a bit odd about her, which I find yeah. kind of effective. When she was in Woad Get Up, that was cool. But yeah, I, I found most of her interactions with Clive Owen, just the two of them together, made for a pretty uh, flat romance. It's a really bizarre little romance. This one, it's um, their their conversations are largely about the nature of freedom. I mean, Clive Owen's arc here is. Freedom is the most important thing in the world, and it's in Rome. That's where everyone can be free. Oh, no, it's not. Britain is. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, he doesn't challenge his ideas at all. He mm. just finds out that, oh, Rome isn't great. Britain is. And it's an arc of sorts, I suppose. It's, it's, it's very video game of, hey, you know that corporation <laughs> you're working for? They're the evil ones. Evil now. Ah. Uh, now you've got to play basically the game again, except against them. There, there, there was talk of making it more of a, a love triangle, which I think could have been... Yeah, could have been cool. Which could have helped characterise those three characters. Uh, more character stuff would have been lovely. Just more interesting stuff. Because, like... I mean, take Joel Edgerton's character. Mm. You know, he's got an interesting look. And I think he, he makes an interesting... Mm. He's got a, a fun back and forth with um, Lancelot about his kids. I imagine yeah. that's one of the added scenes. What about you, Lancelot? What are your plans for home? Well, if this woman of Gawain's is as beautiful as he claims, I expect to be spending a lot of time at Gawain's house. <laughs> his wife will welcome the company. I see. What will I be doing? Wondering as your good fortune that all your children look like me. <laughs> so before or after I hit you with my axe? There's some riffing there, which I quite enjoy. It just would have been nice if that also translated into... I, I like the fact that they had different attitudes towards their home. Like, some of them really wanted to go home. Some of them couldn't even remember it. Mm. That was quite cool. Yeah, beyond that, I just don't feel like I knew no. anything about the characters, except for the things that they, they said out loud that they stand for. Yeah. I mean, I only know who they were now because a lot of them have gone on to become quite prominent actors, or at least recognisable actors. Before yeah, exactly. before this, I would not have been able to pick Will Graham apart from Lancelot in a whole no. bunch of scenes. A very similar look. Dialogue as well, it just really could have done with... I know, I know David Franzoni's script was rewritten uh-huh. a couple of times, I think, but this film for me was plagued by bad dialogue, and I okay. really wish that it had just been... I mean, that's part and parcel of characterisation, I think. Yeah. It would have really helped. Yeah, it, it, yeah, definitely. It, it's yeah, not enough character stuff. So yes, I still really like this though for the action. The uh, the action still mm. does it for me, and the production design, the colors of the whole thing. It mm. it bespeaks a, a time in which combat and battles in movies and historical epics looked a certain way, and it's just something that mm. I really enjoy. And mm. I think part uh, I'm, I can demonstrate some of the difference here because I have a clip. A time-sensitive clip from the new King Arthur, the the Guy Ritchie King Arthur, which neither of us have seen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you this clip of a battle, and we're going to offer some okay. narration over this clip. So here we go. Got a bunch of guys. They're about to attack Charlie Hunnam, who is King Arthur. He gets out of Excalibur. He touches the hilt, and it turns into a fucking lightsaber. And now it's slow motion, and here he goes oh, hitting people. God. Isn't that awful? That is fucking dumb. <laughs> So he's hitting people with swords and they're just flying Jesus. through the air like awful rag dogs. Rag dolls. Rag dogs. Stupid rag yes. dogs. The rag dogs. Like raggedy dogs. Look at this. Look what's happening here. If did you... Hey everyone, we're the rag dogs. <laughs> everyone hates us. Look at this. He's he's transitioning out of CGI like Neo in fucking The Matrix Reloaded. The the motion it's going fast motion and slow motion. Oh, it's This is really... so ugly. Yeah. That makes me feel it's awful. horrible. Oh, Christ. I mean, compa- yeah, compared to this, King Arthur is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's that aesthetic. The Peter Jackson slash Mel Gibson. I mean, it's all part of the same thing, I think, of them feeding into each other. And it- it's it's a style of mm. battle photography that really seemed to have fallen out of grace mm. around the time of 300. And I think part of it is due to the failure of movies like Alexander and um, Kingdom of Heaven around mm. the same time. And then 300 came along and it was like, hey, just make it all CGI. I like 300. 300's great, yeah. it's 300's a lot of fun because it has some really good choreography, but the aesthetic is not what I prefer mm. when it comes to 
anything. Really. As one, it's a bit Avatar. I think as one film as a novelty. Yes, it, it, it's to three hundreds benefit. But then when more films come out with that aesthetic, yeah. then you, you think, know, then you go, no, no, one was fine, one was enough. Yes, the the color palette for sure. Yeah. The the landscapes, the scenery, mm. some really wonderful shots. Um, I love yeah. the, the like character design. Um, all yes. the unique uniforms is a really cool way of approaching yeah. that. I feel like the editing and directing suffered. Yeah, it was a little quick. Uh, a lot of chopping. The habit, yeah, uh, too, too many cuts and yeah. a strange sort of preponderance of isolated shots and close-ups of faces that mm. meant blows were sometimes feeling disconnected and it was hard to yeah. figure out who was where in relation to a fight going on. It could be, and, and sometimes there was some very obvious not like guy didn't get hit. Yeah, the most glaring of which is at the very beginning, the first hit in the movie, King Arthur. He lifts up Excalibur and holds it like a dagger yeah. and swings it downwards, and a guy falls over who was nowhere. For fucking near king arthur <laughs> at the point when he did that and it's a very odd shot to keep in the film yeah it's some of these odd shots that make me that kept reminding me of monty python mm. and it's been through this before when you're reminded of holy grail you know it's it's not <laughs> the, the, the greatest of things but the, the the final battle particularly when king clive mm. was fighting um, stellan skarsgård the the camera was yeah. like underneath them and it's like okay why why is the camera in this position um <laughs> what's it lending yeah. to the to the battle doing this uh, there, were, there was i felt the just, american in this i think is the best way of saying this there yes. were a few like that is sword true. in the holster shots that were like bam yeah fuck yeah and um <laughs> it felt very at odds with the the landscape and the characters well every so often there would be a quick little move or there would be the sound a good sound design and a yeah. bit of a spray Shing. of blood and it would just bring back to me what i love about some of this yeah. stuff so in that respect this was definitely one of the weaker we, we landed on this because it is along with alexander one of the worst reviewed films yeah. you know in this canon and i should talk about the canon the canon is braveheart mel gibson mm-hmm. the messenger luke besson gladiator ridley scott easily the best of these mm. i think although its scores are actually quite close with braveheart and braveheart overtakes on a couple huh. of them interestingly um the patriot roland emmerich another one of the worst ones Has its moments. but uh, not a, not a bad film actually it's just unfortunate about the real world stuff which <laughs> is another story uh the last samurai which i quite I like I've never seen it, that could have been oh shit that could have been it we could have done that troy wolfgang peterson King Arthur, Antoine Fuqua, Kingdom of Heaven, Ridley Scott, Alexander Oliver Stone. You could also include Master and Commander and the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm. That's the canon, and I have so much affection for those. Mm. Each one of them has a great big battle sequence in it that just knocks your socks off. So yes, King Arthur doesn't have a charismatic lead. It doesn't have very interesting characters, but it has some of that good stuff. So, <laughs> should we quick fire? Go on then. Quick fire. Quick fire. I like the cute little Scottish girl who's Lancelot's friend or girlfriend or whatever. She comes oh, running out going, yeah. Lancelot, Lancelot. It's very cute. <laughs> I've, I've got a couple of notes from that first battle. Lancelot immediately does something that justified me writing, God, Lancelot's awesome. <laughs> I think he gets his two swords out and just does some really nice business. Um, Tristan does a sword thing that has stayed in my head. It's probably the image of this movie that has stayed in my head where he just kills two guys with one stroke. He's got a curved sword, and he just does one stroke, guy dead. Yeah. Another stroke, another guy mm-hmm. dead. And it's a very neat little exchange, and it's that that moment has always stayed with me. I really like, um, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen's whole character. When um, there's mm-hmm. a sequence, a tiny bit of characterization in there where Hugh Dance is throwing, uh, Will Graham's throwing knives into a post, and Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> sashays oh, up yeah. and just fucking flings his knife into the hilt <laughs> of Hugh's knife stuck into the, yeah. the post. And he smirks and takes a bite out of an apple. Uh, which is just <laughs> only Mads Mikkelsen can do that yeah. well and then Tristan how do you do that I am for the middle now I really like him and I, I really like his interactions with his bird he's got a little bird friend oh yeah that he kind of bops on the head every now and then and uh, <laughs> lets go to do various things but in the very end just before he's about to go off and die in battle he um he lets the bird go and says you're free you know and it's a kind of sad moment because he knows he doesn't you know what does this mean to a bird exactly but it's something that he's always dreamed of, and now the bird is going to be freer than he'll ever be. Yeah. So it's kind of a sad yeah. moment that I quite like. There's some some fairly sad moments. I thought Lan- Lancelot's death was pretty sad. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I out of all the characters, I think he was one of the better drawn. And, um, hmm. yeah, I, I felt his death the most. And actually, Ray, Ray Winston, who I wasn't that impressed by in the film, when he was grieving over the, hmm. the death of Dag, 
Yeah. He was fucking giving it both barrels, mate. <laughs> That's what you get from Ray Winston. Yeah. Both of them. And the, the, particularly for Ray Winston, the bit when, when they realise that they've got to go on one last mission, etc., etc., et too old for this shit. Yeah. And he's walking off and uh, one of them goes, Boars, are you coming? And, he's, and he goes, of course I'm coming! Can't let you go on your own, you'll get killed! Yeah, I like just, that. He's like teary, red-eyed and... Yeah, yeah it just... Like Ray Winston is a fucking good actor. It yeah, really annoys yeah. me when like he mostly isn't. <laughs> I liked Ray Winston with his wife and kids. When he just goes up to his kid and he's like, uh, "Gilly, hey, you've been fighting. Yes. You've been winning. Yes. That's my boy. Come on, all my other bastards." Yay! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the kids are so happy. Yeah. It's the yay at the yeah. end of that. It's great. And at the end, <laughs> at the end, he's at the funeral, and one of his kids just sort of punches him in the arm. <laughs> I just love the fact that fucking yeah, yeah. These kids are such dicks that they'll just turn to him and just punch him every now and then. Fucking hate you, Dad. <laughs> oh, you they want him to be the twins in Rushmore that <laughs> made Bill Murray hate them. <laughs> Actually, uh, the final Ray Winston moment. Uh, there's a moment when they go to free Guinevere, I think, mm. or it might be when uh, Rebus is holding the boy hostage mm. and he gets an arrow in the Rebus. Um, Ray Winston turns up on a horse. And his horse starts intimidating the soldiers. <laughs> that happens a few times. Oh, does it? Yeah, That's the horse just sort of pops <laughs> into people. I like that. Yeah. I really like the mostly empty round table. Yeah. It really bespeaks um, a loss there that we didn't the tap into. Died, yeah. like, appropriately, it was an unspoken tragedy there that this table used to be a lot fuller. Yeah. It's not now. So, spoken about the, the UK landscape and the like dreary but lush greens and... How beautiful that yeah. is. This one shot when Ray Stevenson is booting this fucking door down to get into the death <laughs> crypt. The, the the background is this like beautiful shot of like icy, like wintry rolling hills and a wide open sky. And the camera again is from is sort of coming from below. So Ray Stevenson and his little door is in the bottom right hand corner and the rest of the screen is yeah. landscape and this huge yeah. sky and it is absolutely stunning. Mm. While he's doing this one, yeah. this one repetitive movement in the bottom right-hand corner. For me, the aesthetic of the movie really picked up at the point when it started snowing. There's some mm. gorgeous shots there, especially the night scene at the camp. Yeah, there's just some really f- fabulous use of deep greens and blues that yeah. make the whole thing very dreamlike, and cool. I enjoyed very fantasy infused. Yeah, I really like Skarsgård the Saxon. Yeah, playing it like fucking John Wayne, barely awake, kind of drunk. Yeah staggering about the place it didn't feel lazy it felt like very definitely a choice of just yeah. this guy is so sick of it yeah you know are you challenging me if you want to challenge me you have to have a sword in your hand he's just so sick of the fucking war and destruction he's just barely involved and invested invested and at the end he has some line that's like oh, at last someone worth killing yeah it's like that's all he's been looking for is just someone he can actually yeah. feel enthusiastic about killing again. When when Lancelot, when they're all facing down uh, Til Schweiger's men on the ice, mm. and uh, there's the exchange between Lancelot and Guinevere. Mm. Oh yeah. Where Lancelot goes, You look frightened. There's a large number of lonely men out there. Don't worry, I won't let them rape you. <laughs> it was it was a very nice, quick, dry one-two. Yeah. And uh, it, it surprised me that it was in this film. <laughs> good stuff. That is one of the lines that stuck with me from the Teenage Watchers. There's some good horse riding when the Britons sort of spring a trap on King Arthur's men. And they get trapped. Mm. There's a lot of very good horse stunting as they run through the forest and, and tight quarters and have to make a lot of tight turns. And then at the end of it, Dag shouts, Devil ghosts! <laughs> Which is great. Oh, Dag. <laughs> well, Dag was the heart of this movie. He was the unexpected standout to me. I love the whole the bad guy convention and Til Schweiger's taking out his mm. frustration with his father by stabbing some rando at the campfire. Oh, and yeah. walking off. <laughs> that, that, like, that practice of villains in movies of killing their own men. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm so angry I could spit. I'll stab this guy instead. <laughs> that was Jeff. Hey. He's been with us for years. <laughs> he, he, this was his idea. That was Jeff the Saxon. <laughs> Knightley looked quite cool in her furs in the snowy landscape when hmm. she's just been brought back and she's in the sort of um the thing, the chariot, whatever it is, the Yeah. Whatever. What do you call it? Buggy fucking yeah. thing. Plane. Carriage. She's in that and she just yeah, she just looks kinda neat. And her performance oh. is sort of very languid. I think she's going for Connie Britton from Gladiator. Yeah, I like it. There was a very good arrow in the eye courtesy of Mads Mickelson. <laughs> nice. He just brought the pain, that man. 
and he continues to to this day <laughs> doing it to you right in now in little ways now he does metaphorical arrows to the eyes check out his latest comedy um <laughs> literal arrows to the eyes <laughs> Speaking of battle stuff, I really like the guys all falling into the ice. It was very Alexander Nevsky, but yeah. just it looked good. You know, they put a lot of work into that stunt. You could tell. Yeah, it really looks like a whole army falling into the ice. It's good when it looks like the thing it's supposed to be, isn't it? <laughs> I enjoy that. Like, oh, thank I enjoy God. That in a film. It didn't look like a guy buttering his rolls. No, <laughs> it looked like an army falling into the ice. Oh, and it's such a fine line between those two things, generally. <laughs> you, Dad, you, look you out! Do... Oh, sorry, you're just buttering a roll. I thought. <laughs> I don't know what I thought. I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go lie down. There was good blood spatter occasionally, especially yeah. the one that stood out the most was when Lancelot just beheads one of the wildmen. Yeah, that was the good. wild woodman. It's just <laughs> the wiki wiki wild. They, they wild managed woodman. to put a bit more chunk into there. A bit more oof. A bit more oomph. A bit more chunk for your bunk. I thought Arthur looked badass when he was on that hill, dressed in his all Roman regalia. In oh, yeah. fact, I liked quite Roman a lot Roman. of the armor at the end. I really liked Galahad's yes. armor. That golden Eastern looking. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, and Tristan's looks are always tight. His hat was great. I love his battle hat. <laughs> yes, the Dungeon of Sinners is a very grim concept. I thought, mm. especially with Ned Dennehy in charge. Of it. That's, just <laughs> That's an awful concept. But they're sinners, therefore put them in here. We're gonna let them die. Yeah, of natural causes of starving to death, and um, Ned Dennehy is also gonna do it because he's a, a servant of the oh, Lord. I hated. Th- yeah, he's gonna die with Such them. Such an unpleasant idea. If I volunteer <sighs> to be literally walled up with these people until we all die. Ugh. For the Lord. Ugh, very under the Silver Lake. Jesus. Um, What's wrong with you? Okay, the bit where the gate opens and it's just solid mist on the other side and gradually Arthur rides out mm. of it was corny as fuck, but it did look cool. Swirling mists out of which yeah. the legend em- emerges. My last thing okay. is... Um, a good Clive Owen bit mm. when he's in his northern in this northern village and he's freeing people from servitude and the shackles of the elite. Yeah. And for this entire scene, he comes alive. He's just swaggering and <laughs> he's mean and rough yeah. and he just takes what he wants and he hacks this guy free and then he gets Ray Stevenson to kick a holy door down and <laughs> and it, he's he's just in his element here. It, it's yeah. full of confidence. He's cocky and he's really intimidating. And I can see why. For that reason, you know, on that occasion, why he was cast as King mm. Arthur. Right. Just wish that he'd had more time to <laughs> just stretch his legs in that part of King of King Arthur, you know? Yeah, that is a shame. But okay, um, I want to briefly mention Kira Knightley's snarling during her fight at the end, which oh, I really yeah. liked. That was some good snarling in there. <laughs> Rivaling the chick from The Purge. Um, oh, she said The Purge. <laughs> Le Purge. Le Purge. Um, but finally, I just want to mention this, the thing that still stands out to me as being really good, and it's sometimes portrayed by the um, cinematography and the editing. There's some really good fight choreography here. There's some good little exchanges yeah. and flourishes. And, you know, Kira Knightley keeps going for people's legs and then up at the face. And it's very, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how John Wick fights with a knife. It's Yeah, that stuff still works really well. So, hey, if you're not up to watching a whole two and a half two hour plus movie watch the battle scenes on youtube and remember a time when this is what warfare looked like medieval and ancient warfare looked like on film because it was pretty thrilling lovely okay okay so paul are you gonna do a one better thing no just um i'd recommend the other uh parts of that canon i mentioned the other films i think there's some really special stuff in there particular guilty favorite if we hadn't done this one I'd like to at some stage for us to come back and do maybe Joan of Arc or Troy because I really do have a lot of warm memories of those. I'd like to because I really just dis- I actually do dislike Alexander so I'd love to watch some of the other cuts yeah. of that to see if any of them are actually decent because all I remember is being tremendously bored by that. Film. Well there'll be time for that my friends. I do quite like Kingdom of Heaven. Everyone agrees that the actual extended director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven is a good film even with Orlando Bland in the in the lead i mean you've still got a great cast in addition to that you've got david foolis liam neeson eva green um or blando bloom (laughs) or blando blam blah blam yeah good films great watch them i like them i like films well then films are good hey do you know what watch them i like films too and i'm glad that we had the opportunity (laughs) to discuss this film today the film boys (laughs) i hope we can talk about another film very soon well don't count on it oh Thanks for listening to this episode of The Film Boys. <laughs> the newly branded Film Boys. Paul, why don't you, seeing as this is a table's turn kind of episode, why don't you tell the listeners how they can get all up in that OGT mush? Forgot about that part of this format. 
Okay, everyone, if you want to send us an email, you do that at OGTPod at gmail.com. Yeah. If you want to listen to this episode you've just listened to, you can probably do so at Podbean or iTunes. Uh, we're on Facebook, OGTPod. We're on Twitter, at OGTPod. Mm. Uh, we are part of the A Lot of Green Network. So you can be aware of that. Go on. And be proud of us yeah. for having done so. Because it wasn't easy. There was a whole initiation ritual yeah. that we had to do, but we bloody well did it. And now we are actually Australians. We had to die with an awful lot of pagans to get to this stage. Yeah. We walled them in and we walled ourselves in as well, which was foolhardy, but we did it every time. And we're just lucky that they died first and we could knock and say, all right, we can come out now. We're actually doing it right now, walling ourselves in with, with bad movies. <laughs> One day, hoping that we all ascend to the Lord. And that Lord oh, is a lot of green. But Andrew, Andrew Garfield just won't let it happen. He's interrupting. Dick. Uh, Dockhead by oh. Paul Goodman. You can buy it. That sounds hot as fuck, Paul. Tell me where. Tell me where I can buy that. You probably buy it on Amazon. Oh, yeah. And your mate Jeff. He's I got a copy. Fucking will then. Go buy it often. He'll charge you twice for what he paid. But that's Jeff. This is Jeff. It's worth it for the Jeff. The Jeff content you get whilst you're there. Speaking of Jeff content, you can find some of that on my reviews at Screen Mayhem. Go check those out. They're saucy. Just review Detective Pikachu. You won't believe what they fit up his butt. Red sauce. Brown sauce. All sauces. Mustard. Yeah. Can't tell. Pikachu's yellow. That's the end of my bit. Well then, I'm Paul Goodman. I'm also Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about King Arthur's director's cut of King Arthur director's cut is all the hallmarks of a classic epic that made those ten or so years very special for a whole lot of us. A whole lot of Pauls. Excalibur. Excalibur! It's turbo time. <laughs> Fuck me up against Castle Mica, Dave. Dave. Antic, pathetic. No one in the attic. My favorite Interpol album is Antics. I am bold. <laughs> Ow. Land inside of me. I will carry you to safety. Tired boat. Please let boat go. <laughs> no agree. Born here. Boat never sleep. Born prisoner. Born a slave. Play slave. <laughs> Kill boat. <laughs> Barry, I know that you fuck every donut you've ever seen. <laughs> Nevertheless, I really believe that you are the man to interview the leading donut maker in this entire city. It's Jeff. Around a bunch of his donuts. And also, weirdly, his son is a donut. <laughs> that you have fucked before. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say children's size feet. <laughs> Wobbling uncertainly on his tiny feet. <laughs> We know no the beauty man talk. <laughs> and pretty man talk nonsense. No, seriously, bro. The eight men are coming and they're gonna they're gonna wreak vengeance on you. They're gonna tow one on you, man. What time woman man? We kill man? Oh, this isn't going anywhere, so <laughs> <laughs>